Welcome to Why the Long Face, two old friends lifting the lid on mental health over a beer with author and psychiatrist Paul Keedwell and business consultant and so-called comedian Ollie Turnbull. Hello and welcome to Why the Long Face. Yes, hello. I'm Paul and this is Ollie. Yeah, we don't introduce ourselves enough. No, we don't. Good to meet you, fella. Good to meet you too. Yeah. I'm enjoying this coffee. How y'all doing? We're drinking Good. today coffee. Coffee. Uh, Uncle Paul, Dr. Keedwell, had a bit of a rough night last night. A bit of a, I went to bed early, a very good boy, to be fresh for today's recording, mm. but Uncle didn't. So I'm not having a drink today. We're having lovely coffee brewed by me. It's mm, very nice. Mm. Yeah, we're doing a daytime recording session. Yeah, I'm quite well, We're like often it. a bit more fresh, aren't we? Yeah, you can't <laughs> yeah. tell. At our age, it goes up and down. Uh, mm. There's a big cycle of, way, and then, oh, God, oh, oh everything's so God. annoying. Yeah. I think I've still got loads of energy. I mean, some ways we've got more stamina than when we were younger. No, I don't know. Not not when it comes to going out late at night. Oh, uh, well, that's true. It does, it, does, it does pile upon you a bit. A bit more, So, maybe. listen, have you ever heard of weed? Weed? Pot. Pot. Grass. <laughs> Dope. Marijuana. Doobie. Marijuana. Ganja. Hash. Herb. Devil's we're lettuce. About, we're talking about the uh, Doobie. intoxicating Chronic. plant Blunt. known as cannabis. Draw. I've got hundreds Enough? of these. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, yes, indeed, I have. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about a constituent of it. Correct? That's right. I didn't realise it until we did the research for this. But we are talking today about CBD. Which is short for... Cannabidiol. I can't do it. Cannabidiol. Cannabidiol. You always think of David Bedeal. Oh, yeah. Cannabidiol. Uh, cannabidiol is how I'd pronounce it, but we don't need to worry about that because most people just call it CBD anyway. But cannabidiol would be like David Bedeal in a can. But we need to talk about CBD, don't we? I think so, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, on, it's on point and it's on message, so uh, yes. Yeah, because 1.2 million people are using CBD in the UK. Say what? And it's uh, doubled since last year. In one year, so it's let's a fad, get this man. straight. Let's get this straight. In one year, the mm. use of this stuff has doubled. It's doubled in the UK, yeah. In the UK. And not only can you get it as an oil, you can get it as a juice, you can get it as a, as CBD-infused spring water, available from Ocado. Nice. Um, Buzz marketing. CBD turmeric oil, um, CBD juices, CBD cosmetics. Wow. Um, CBD sexual lubricant. What? Mm. Really? Uh Choose for anxious dogs. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Choose it's, for anxious dogs. It's out of control. But most people use CBD, just get CBD oil from Holland and Barrett or from a, a, a Whole Foods store so or online, I guess. Wine back, Professor. Wine back. You were saying before. Mm, thank CBD. you for the promotion. Yeah, that's very good. We'll get I should be a professor, stuff. of course. You yeah. should. Well, if your career had if gone the had, way you deserve. If I'd had the application. If you had, you would be a professor by now. Well, anyway, let's continue. <laughs> let's what, let's not linger there. No, well, no, let's linger a bit and say, what else should you be by now, Uncle? Um, probably Nobel Prize winner. I think so. Oscar winner. Yes. Uh, and uh, what do you get for being a really good architect? That as well. Uh, that won the uh, Sterling Prize. Hmm. I think you should be the first person in history them. to have won an Oscar. But I, I haven't Prize because I've because I've just Pissed been flitting from all all four uh, pursuits. Yeah, I pissed um, it and I loose did, women. Oh, the other thing I should have had is um, the Booker Prize, of course, as oh, well. Of course, for your books. Yeah. yeah. You so, but I've been a master of none, unfortunately. Uh, you've been a you've been a jack of none, actually. But I've uh, been a uh, 
That's very, listen, I'm supposed to have credibility in this podcast, otherwise the whole thing falls apart and you're just left with a business consultant oh, with a few opinions. That is the last thing you want, absolutely. No, good point. Uh, no, you are one of the UK's... Quite highly qualified. Oh yeah, you loads of letters, isn't it? Although I'm not qualified to talk about my experience with CBD because I've not tried it. No, me neither. However, loads of people have and it's 14% of people in the US... Yeah. So that's, that's why we're talking about it, because it's just happening like a mad thing. At the all right, moment. let's be clear. A lot of people don't realize what it is, right? So there's this thing called cannabis, which we've all heard of. Right, which, has, which is containing, which contains more than 80 different chemicals when you uh, Get start down melting it. it down and playing around with it. And one of them is? And they're all known collectively as cannabinoids, right? Yep. The most abundant cannabinoid is THC, which most people have heard of, I think which is tetrahydrocannabinol, right? And oh, that right. is the psychoactive, the most psychoactive as, uh, part of the cannabis plant. So that's what turns you into a bit of a boring... Into a dribbling, pain in the in, into a dribbling giggling fool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and later, someone who's completely asleep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, particularly if you take the skunk weed, which is um, known for its smell. Uh, and it's the THC that is particularly potent. Right, right. so that's um, that's why... Skunk weed uh, is known as skunk. But we ain't talking about no THC. Smelly THC. We ain't talking about no THC. We ain't talking about no THC because CBD is thought to be, well, it's the second most abundant uh, cannabinoid and it is thought to be non-psychoactive. In other other words, it does not make you high. Okay. So it's not mind-altering in layman's terms? Uh, not in that way. Not in a let's trigger a high kind of way. Got it. So, but it may have a calming effect, which is why it's really taking off. Um, so tell me, is there a history of the medical use of doobie? Doobs, the doobster. Um, well, um, yeah, the, it's uh, been used really since medieval times uh, for medicinal purposes um, and uh, in the West. And before that, in ancient china was used actually to target malaria menstrual symptoms gout and constipation huh? uh i'm listening uh, in Medi- in the west it's been used for pain epilepsy nausea and vomiting for quite some time and it was really thought to be of particular value and in, in the u.s until the 1930s when it was not outlawed, but it was no longer prescribed. I think it was proscribed or forbidden in 1970 when it was listed as a Schedule One substance. By the way, a couple it of things. It was claimed as illegal with no medical value. Just like that. So proscribed is the opposite of prescribed then? Yeah, I never proscribed, yeah. And what I didn't realise until doing a little bit of sniffing around is that it was legal in the UK until, what, 1970, did you say? Uh, well, I, this is a date from the US, but it, it tended to be the similar, similar in the UK, didn't it? So when that lady um, who had her oil taken off her, um, Charlotte Coldwell, Charlotte Coldwell, and yeah. her little boy Billy was severely um, epileptic. Yeah. What was taken off her? Was that CBD or was that cannabis oil? I thought that that was cannabis oil, but actually it doesn't matter because neither neither are licensed for for the prescribing of ep- uh, treatment of epilepsy yet in the UK. But she could have CBD on oil on her perfectly legally though. Yeah. So maybe that was the beef. Um, yeah, it just couldn't be prescribed. Yeah, uh, not. Uh, it's not surprising she was she was upset. Uh, I, I think that it can be understood perfectly well. Yes, given that the FDA in the US have g- 
given CBD a license for the treatment of those two particularly cruel conditions that can affect children and lead to very poorly controlled seizures. And they are Dravet syndrome and Lennox-Gastelt syndrome. Right. Uh, so uh, CBD has been uh, licensed for the for that indication. Lenny Kravitz it syndrome. It can reduce... The, what's that? Lenny Kravitz syndrome. Uh, Lennox-Gastelt. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, able to reduce the number of seizures and in some cases stop them altogether, right? And I think licensing is awaited in the UK because it's not just a rubber stamp exercise. We have different sort of criteria, different hoops to jump through. Uh, but essentially, it's gone through what uh, it's gone through the the randomised placebo-controlled trials that are required to get licensing in and, most countries. And as I understand it, you get a license for a particular drug to treat a particular condition. Uh, condition. Right. Okay. So, and it's been licensed in the UK so for you, nothing. Correct. Okay. So if you now wanted to take CBD and use it as uh, a way of reducing your anxiety, you'd need a whole new set of trials to show that it's effective for that indication. So theoretically... And you could patent it for that use then. Right. So if a pharmaceutical company uh, wanted to stump up the cash to yeah. do enough research to satisfy yeah. who? Who does have to satisfy in the UK? Oh, the um, Medicines Control Agency. So if they stumped up enough cash to do that, then they could license Which CBD a, mm. for a particular condition... Yeah. And therefore be the only person to supply that as a medicine. For and them. it would be added to the British National Formulary. Formulary being an excellent word. Mm. It's just a list of medicines that can be prescribed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fab. But until that happens, you will be getting your CBD and using it unlicensed and at your own risk, I guess, because it's unregulated. We don't know really what doses are required and we don't know the potency of the stuff that we're buying necessarily even if it says so on the label that it's a certain strength what do, you know what does that actually mean what sort of how much of it should i take where's the evidence that i should be taking three drops under my tongue or six yeah because it says i'm here on the holland and barrett website yeah you can choose your potency there's two 2.75 or five and like you say what does that mean uh and yeah. obviously the size of bottle and then it says and i quote put a few drops under the tongue a few drops don't know what that means two or three times a day maximum 15 drops that helpful i suppose leave the oil in the mouth for one minute before swallowing gradually build up the dose i mean that sounds really official but actually it's just kind of Mm. Made up by somebody in Holland and Barrett marketing? I don't know. Mm, probably not made up. They've probably uh, gone with their best guess based on whatever um, evidence is out there at the moment. And it also says gradually build up the dose, which is really interesting, but doesn't give any idea of um, how far. I guess it probably means to a maximum of 15 drops, but uh, it just sounds a bit random. And also, to me. It, won't, I don't know. it won't say on the bottle what it's for either because they're not allowed to say. Uh, you know, a CBD for anxiety or something on the label. Yeah. Unless um, you've got that high-level evidence from a randomised controlled trial. Perfect. Right? But we do have other forms of evidence. So I think you were going to ask me, weren't you? Why Why the, the buzz about uh, CBD? Which, by the way, has been available uh, legally in this country for years. You've always been able to buy uh, CBD, actually. So why the buzz about it? I don't know why I feature on this podcast at all. You might as well just sit there and do a verbal essay. <laughs> Is it the, like a, uh, because or, or in hire some sort of automatic voice? Why don't you just do it with Alexa? Why don't you just say, hey, Alexa, have you got any questions on CBD? She'd be better and nicer voiced. Yeah, it's true, actually. Mm. You're fired. Actually, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> 
You can't fire me. No, you, I own 50% no, of the franchise. No, absolutely needy, man. You are the best facilitator in the biz. Oh. And you're summarising at the end. Oh, it's oh, just a joy. It's <laughs> such a joy. Right, I, it's a beauty now. to behold. So why the buzz about CBD? I like your face. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the buzz... It's it well, it's great. It, I tell you, it's mainly because of the increasing number of scientific studies showing its potential. I think since 2012, mostly. It's intriguing. Well, we make our own endocannabinoids. We make our own kind of cannabinoid type chemicals in our brains. What? Yes. Wow. And what CBD does is increase the friendly chemical amandamide in the brain. That sounds friendly. Like by, Amanda Holden. By basically you know I mean? binding to these receptors and increasing the amandamide. And yeah, it's, it's basically a big hug for the brain. It's supposed to increase a brain-derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF, which actually helps protect cells from death, but also can encourage those cells to branch out a bit and make friendly connections with other cells that might be helpful. Sorry, what's doing this? The thing that we produce or the... Uh, uh, yes, the thing we naturally produce, but um, taking CBD is, uh, has been shown in rat studies anyway, in animal studies, to increase the amounts of, of this substance. Bloody hell, how do they, te- they test that? Normal production. Oh, yeah. How do they test it? Uh, well, they might just kill the rat and take brain slices and look at them under the microscope, or they put, might put a, a micro pipette into their brains... That's not so bad. But no, but um, how do they get them stressed in the first place? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm just talking about studies on rats where they just give them CBD oh. and look at the um, neurochemical changes. Got it. So they're also, um, it looks like it binds to serotonin receptors. And as we know, serotonin in particular, 5-HT1A receptors thought theoretically could lead to reduction in anxiety and even depression, right? Isn't that how SSRIs work? Yeah, kind of. Serotonin? Not exactly, but... Um, they, the effect is to increase um, action on these on these receptors, effectively. Is it selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors? I got it. I yeah. remembered that as well. I'm not even reading notes. I mm. rule. Oh, well, that's interesting. And that combined with the thought that with the um, observation that CBD seems to have very few harmful effects, uh, but we can come back to that. But um, so, and then there was a, so the review of this rat brain evidence in 2014. I was looking at um, these prey and predator experiments. Oh dear, what happens there? So animals are treat- treated with CBD froze fewer times when exposed to, to predators, the dangerous situations, than if they hadn't been given CBD. And because they didn't freeze as much, which is an index of just how terrified or petrified they are. Ah, that's where petrified Pied comes from. Tones of stone. Um, uh, as ELO would say. Uh, oh, God. Turned to stone. When you were gone, mm. I can't go on. So he was exhibiting stress, and as a result, he turned to stone. He turned to stone. Yeah, that's And true. he also turned to stone when you're coming home. He such can't a, go on. Such a boomer. <laughs> Me or Jeff Lynn? Uh, well, I guess Jeff Lynn. I did a Christmas He's quiz. He probably voted for Brexit, didn't he? No, he lives in France, mate. Yeah, it doesn't stop him, though. Well, he's Birmingham, isn't he? <laughs> he's Birmingham. Okay. A hotbed of Brexiteers. Yeah, okay, British for the British. Um, anyway. Um, no, so I did a I did a I did a Christmas quiz. We don't today, we don't do politics quiz. on this podcast. No, I did a music quiz at, at the Christmas party and put on ELO uh, ty- uh, telephone line, absolute classic. Oh. Blank oh. forty blank oh. faces. Telephone line. We'll, we'll do it in the same key next time. But Every blank faces. Um, what are you living in? Living in twilight. Uh, CBD showed an increase in depressed rats' movements. You're going to ask me. 
how the hell do they know the rats were depressed? Yeah. Uh, because they gotten they stuck them in beakers of water in forced swimming uh, so in situations of chronic stress, basically. So Fighting not to drown for like hours. So a and then bit like would, humans do when they get stressed. Uh, that, that can lead chronic to depression. Stress oh, can lead to, and then they become inactive and off their food and all the behavioral indices that correlate with depression, but also neurochemically depleted in serotonin. Well, the serotonin tra- turnover reduced and so on. So, they, and we've long had this de- de- depression model in, in animals. So they did work there, uh, which showed that CBD might even be uh, helpful in depression, although we've not got any human evidence for that. And then, oh God, other things like uh, CBD-blocked anxiety-induced REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. Which is normally a good thing, uh, but not if there's too much. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and CBD seemed to affect serotonin receptor function, as I said, and expression in rat brains. Oh, you know what the word receptor? Yeah. What does that mean? What does it mean? Yeah. Okay, so it's the thing that receives the chemical message on the membranes of the, of the brain cell, basically. And then it does something as a result of that. And then it increases its um, activity yeah. and then sends a signal onto the next brain cell. Brilliant. That was a very good explanation because you've mentioned it loads and I've never had the nerve to ask. Uh, that's how, I mean, brain cells communicate with one another. Um, the neuro, neurotransmitters, the chemicals are released from what they call the presynaptic membrane of one cell, which then binds the receptor on the postsynaptic membrane of the next cell. And so the signal goes on, gets transmitted on. What is incredible is that I'm learning a lot about neural networks now in computing. Right. And what you've just described is exactly how a computing neural network right because you've got nodes that switch on and off correctly they don't actually switch on and off funnily enough. but it's they more qualitative oh right so is it is it is is it qualitative yeah quantitative they're, difference? well they're set at an amount normally between naught and one right yeah okay and then there are there are weightings and functions that propagate that signal across the neural network till it gets to the this is ai we're yeah. talking about well, now, it's, it? it's a form of ai it's a neural network wow. which is a form of ai Love propagates it. across the network until you get a set of neurons at the end from which you can interpret the result it's amazing right but so close to what you just described well i think i think i think machine is this machine learning that so uses this again that is a type of machine well, ai learning. yeah it, uh, so really oh, right, it's a type strictly of a neural network is a type of machine learning which is a type of ai got it Excellent. Yeah, because I know that machine learning and um, Bayesian probability is being used now to understand neural networks. So it's all feeding into each other. Correct. So AI is not something new. It's something we've always been able to do with complicated maths or even Mm. simple maths, but lots of it. And now we've got the computing power available really easily and the data to exploit it. It's a fabulous time for computing, my friend. And then if you go on to quantum computers, then you've got another even more, a a huge layer of of capability there. Uh, In terms of computing power, Power more than exponential. Unbelievable. Amazing. Right. Um, So so potentially going to outclass the human brain. But anyway, let's not go there. So uh, the only reason I think it is... Although it doesn't have emotions. uh, No, because you you can have as much data and much processing power as you like if the if the action of the machine is not the same as the action of the brain, it's never gonna it's never gonna be better at it. Mm. It's obviously it's always been better at it at some things. So yeah. computers have been better at adding up for for decades. Yeah. Does that frighten us? Not really. No, it's very useful to us. It's just complicated processing. Yeah. Mm. The only trouble with AI is, uh, and this in the medical field is when it comes to predicting diagnosis, which um, machines are better than doctors in some situations. Yes. Is that if AI goes wrong, it totally fucks up. 
It just doesn't go wrong a bit. It just right. gets an answer which is completely Whereas human beings don't go completely wrong. They just it might get a little bit inaccurate. Exactly, and they get there eventually. We'll get there eventually, yeah. Fine. Okay. I so, love AI. See, so, um, movie, this is turning into a very nerdy yeah. <laughs> podcast. is fine, whatever. Mm. Um, nerd is the new cool, right? Geek, geeks are cool. They're going to inherit the earth. Well, they have done, actually, in Silicon Valley, haven't they, already? So uh, you're gonna you're gonna ask me another question now to get us out of this hole, uh, well, this cul-de-sac. Is it a is it a hole or is it a is it just a really interesting place to go? Yeah, what I'm interested in um, is 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 problem problematic the, the, the problems with this, and the first one seems to me, uh, particularly in the unlicensed world, whether there is an issue with people just self-medicating. I mean, can you overdose? Right. How do you know how much to give yourself? Well, let's see what, what evidence is there out there about dosing and effectiveness of CBD. We had one study looking at a certain dose of CBD that improves social anxiety in social situations. There was a crossover study comparing CBD with nitrazepam for sleep and a dose of 160 milligrams a day or at night increased the duration of sleep compared to nitrazepam, apparently. There was another study showed that the similar dose reduced Plasma cortisol levels. So cortisol is the stress hormone that we've talked about before. Yep. So it suggests that it, re- it incre- increases your resilience to stress. Then there was a, a series of over 100 people. But actually, that's not that big in, in terms of the rebu- reliability and robustness of, of a finding. You'd want more than just 100 people. But anyway, they, they were attending a clinic for anxiety and sleep disorders. CBD, when given alongside treatment as usual, so other treatments they were receiving led to an improvement in anxiety scores in 80% and sleep in 70%. Um, Can I just stop I you there? I'm that was about 600 milligrams. And then... Uh, just, just stop yeah. you there. Just quickly, when you say in combination with other drugs, that mm. always confuses me. Mm. Is that because... It's an add-on. Is it, is it an add-on, though? Or is it is it the two drugs combining nicely, or do we just not know? We don't know. Um, there's no way of knowing just from that one study. And, of course, uh, it's likely that they will have got ethical approval to add it on rather than stop existing treatments and then ah, start that because so there's insufficient they evidence. They have no choice stay. but to do that add well, Probably. And then there's growing evidence CBD has potential as an antipsychotic, which I think is really interesting and incredible. And I remember this study being done in 2005. Uh, it was a case report in 1995, ages ago, where uh, 1,500 milligrams of CBD... Oh was used as a standalone therapy in a single individual with schizophrenia who responded. And then in 2006, the same research group followed up with a case series in which uh, one out of three patients with treatment refractory schizophrenia schizophrenia improved with flexible dosing of CBD. Um, But, you know, these were treatment refractory, so that was interesting. What does that mean? Uh, You know, that weren't responding, they were still having symptoms despite despite being treated with a, a conventional antipsychotic medication, which, as you know, carries with it a lot of side effects and yeah, yeah. cbd it let um in comparison has virtually none so then it, then there was a a in tw- 2012 uh, it's a one published randomized controlled trial uh, of 39 adults with schizophrenia who were randomized to 800 milligrams of cbd or a conventional antipsychotic drug called amisulpiride and over four weeks of randomized treatment the cbd resulted in as much improvement in overall symptoms and positive symptoms as amisulpiride and that's uh, a well-established drug the amisulpiride yeah and that's wow. a well-established drug so that is interesting 
so it's not enough uh, evidence on its own, though. Um, uh, two other trials began, I believe, in 2017, 2018. The Institute of Psychiatry, part of King's College London, with Philip McGuire, um, he's the professor of psychiatry there in cognitive neuroscience. Um, and he's been uh, long, long interested in it, in its use. So I think we're still waiting for for the for that work to be finished and published. But so far, so good, he says. So it, he was of the opinion that CBD works in the opposite way to THC. THC makes you psychotic. CBD has the opposite effect. And we know, of course, don't we, that teenagers who regularly use cannabis treble their risk of schizophrenia. Yeah. Uh, whereas his studies seem to show that CBD is having an antipsychotic effect in patients with schizophrenia. So it's kind of exciting. It's mm. it's showing a lot of potential. Because it's a um, classic thing when you, people who smoke a lot of weed, the, the, the classic is they either get mellow and silly or they can get paranoid. So right. presumably that's the internal battle of well, THC versus CBD in their yeah. little brains. Well, we say, I think a lot of... A lot of um, individuals use cannabis as a way of getting uh, around anxiety or insomnia and of course um, initially it seemed to have this calming effect but then the later effects are the paranoia and the uh, and actually paradoxically an increase in anxiety. So do you think there might be a, a difference in the time period over which THC acts on the brain as opposed to CBD that would suggest that I guess? Um, not not necessarily. It could just be that the sedative effects of THC wear off to leave the paranoid, um, uh, the, the the other symptoms. But it also is going to be a dose. There's going to be a dose response issue yeah. going on there. But if you were going to give one public health message to people who like to use cannabis recreationally, you'd say use don't go for the the skunk weed, which is the hydroponic stuff, which is deliberately uh, it's a it's a plant strain and a technique that's uh, deliberately used to increase thc concentration in relation to the cbd go for one where for example where they've legalized cannabis in switzerland where they'll they'll sell you stuff that has equal amounts of thc and cbd so that so that there there is a you know an effect of cbd that helps protect the brain mm. um from the effects of the thc you're mm. sort of cancelling cancelling out the more harmful effects. That's the theory anyway. And yeah. certainly Philip McGuire would, would back that up and say, go for something with a lower percentage of THC. I think most people smoke to, rela <coughs> to relax and have a sort of mellow experience, don't they? Which sounds a lot more CBD-y than it does to THC. I well, suppose. CBD doesn't... Yeah, I suppose so. Although, uh, yeah, no, that's true. Um, it may be that THC has some sedative... Uh, it does probably have some sedative effect. But um, that, is, that is stronger, but unfortunately, it has these other more harmful effects too. Um, so, if I if I re if, are you as the, uh, possibly the the leading psychiatrist and author in the UK? I'm reading directly from the flyleaf of your book. Obviously. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, you sound fairly optimistic <laughs> for the future of CBD. As uh, a, cautiously as a optimistic, because sometimes you get these. Um, you know, I'm not saying able to rush out and get cbd because there are risks involved which we'll come to but um I, I would i would say it's showing a promise but then a lot of drugs in the early stages show promise mm. and then when you put them up against placebo you find they aren't they aren't particularly more, more effective than mm. the placebo so that's what needs to happen we need to have much more rigorous investigation 
of CBD effects for these disorders, from anxiety through to depression, through to psychosis. It would seem that you're, you're quite excited by the breadth of possibility, as, as well as the likelihood of it honing in on one particular uh, condition. Mm. Is, that, is that fair? or is it? Is yeah, it I think it's fair. I mean, I think that one of the positive things is you've got the, you've got the compound already. You don't need to invent the molecule. Mm. It's there. Mm. What you do need to do is show its effectiveness, and that will cost millions of pounds to do, frustratingly. So pharmaceuticals do two things, really. They invent stuff, but they also place bets on running a series of experiments to prove the efficacy against a particular condition of a particular they drug. They very much uh, place bets, yeah, because um, you know only a, a small fraction of the number of molecules that they develop actually turn out to be of therapeutic benefit. So could it be that one pharmaceutical company could invest in one outcome of CBD? Yeah. But why hasn't that happened if it's so encouraging? I think it will happen. Ah, oh, right, okay. Um, it's happened for other drugs that are already around, which are slightly controversial, like ketamine, mm. which is now made in a nasal preparation by Johnson. Johnson's been patented as such as a treatment for, for depression, right? Ah. So it's happening already in the US, and it's likely to be licensed here because the early trials are encouraging. And, so, when, and when you say license, what that actually means is well, gives the doctor the ability to prescribe, prescribe it yeah. and exclusivity to a pharmaceutical company potentially. Yes. Okay. Yes, because yeah, they have to they have to get a re- return for their investment, but and they will do that by patenting yeah. its use in that for that particular indication, mm. and they're able to do that because they they've shown proof of concept. They've been able to spend the money on the trials to show it, yeah. and not only show its efficacy but show its safety. And that's the other yes, important aspect point. of a trial is to show, because that's the other thing where, of course, pharmaceutical companies see their investment uh, f- um, fly away mm. is when they see that something um, actually has such adverse effects, yeah. which they didn't predict. Yeah. And how could you? Because the system's too And complex. sometimes those adverse effects only show themselves once it's gone to market and general population is using it. And then someone, you know, has a an unfortunate adverse reaction. They have to pull it pull it from the market. Have you heard about all that the, investment gone? Have you heard about the concept of digital twin in pharmaceutical? Uh, digital twin. Yeah. So basically, what that is is instead of mixing compounds in test tubes, mm. you mimic the action of compounds in a in a in a digital space. In other words, mm. within a computer, and the computer knows so much about the action of each individual molecule that mm. it can predict okay. potentially brilliantly what the outcome will be. Right, uh, and that's called digital twinning, and it's got all sorts of um, uh, applications. But in pharmaceuticals, you can imagine you can do a digital twin and run a thousand experiments in a second. Right, right, um, which helps you develop the molecule in the first place. Right, it helps you prove uh, what the likely outcomes. It's be. chemistry, but it's not actual. It's not clinical because it, it's not clinical evidence because you haven't put that inside a human being yet. No, but you, I mean, you obviously have to do that, but it obviously shortcuts the first bit, which is testing loads of mm. million different things. Thinking, well, well, I think it's interesting. We've got sort of got proof of concept uh, in animal studies already, so it's now time for people to to do the trials in humans and show. Um, uh, an improvement against placebo but we've got of course countless claims out there already from user groups in the internet into the the the, 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 uh, the internet and so on that cbd is a is a panacea for all sorts of uh, problems but in terms of licensing you can only sort of do mm. one um one clinical outcome at a time if you like mm, 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 mm. so what about the um the slight elephant in the room, not a massive elephant in the room, maybe mm. a sort of baby elephant in the room or a, 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 
I don't know what a smaller animal is than an elephant. Oh, every animal. Anyway, um, mm. so it's got an association with uh, being illegal in recreational drugs, is, as has ketamine, of course. Is that going to prevent it getting into the mainstream? Because people are going to think, well, I'm not going to take a, a, a narcotic drug, regardless of the fact that they'd happily take diamorphine. Interesting is, question. I mean, I, I mean, I suppose the figures speak for themselves. I mean, 1.2 million people are already taking CBD without all the scientific evidence to back it up and 14% of US adults. So, I, I mean, my, I, my impression is that people don't regard CBD as having the same stigma as cannabis. Yeah. But of course, once, once something's prescribed anyway, its stigma tends to disappear. So yeah. we, once we get to that, that, that level of evidence, then maybe we'll, things will change, change dramatically. Well, it might and be we've got a lot of lobbying already for legalizing um, cannabis in this country for uh, medicinal use, cannabis and its derivatives, because in the states, majority of states are now have now um, legalized it for medical use, haven't they? Thirty of the fifty states, so that and Washington D.C. Just make the distinction between uh, uh, legalized versus uh, legalized for medical use versus legalized for recreational, recreational use. Yeah, it's only nine states and Washington D.C. legalized uh, cannabis for recreational use. Can Canada has also done that, and and that's actually cannabis, not CBD. Uh, yes, but I think then there's an implication that CBD is okay too. You know, of course, of the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So that has also been part of the huge rise in CBD use. Yeah, I think it might. And also, of course, when it goes mainstream, if it's backed by a pharmaceutical company, it'll be marketed without the, with, the, with the connotation of cannabis stripped out. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'd brand it. Yeah, absolutely. Cannabanxiety go. Exactly. Great. You are obviously a branding expert, Oliver. Pharmaceutical branding expert. Yeah. yeah. Or enormously impressive. Thank you. Um, <laughs> That's very good of you. <laughs> yeah. So what are the downsides? So we, do we cover those? Yeah, of, of cr chronic use of doobie ganja. I, I mean, I have to say, apparently CBD does in, uh, increase the level in your blood of the blood thinner Coumadin with the theoretical risk of increased uh, proneness to bruising or bleeding but then you got that with aspirin, and it's all going to come down to dosing, right? And I don't know of any any case ever been reported of this happening with someone using CBD. So it's I think it's probably a theoretical risk rather than a real risk. You've also got reports of it causing problems in the liver of rats if you give them high doses. But human beings are, are very different to rats, and they probably and there's been no I don't know of any evidence that it causes liver problems in humans from taking it. Yet, and we, I guess we've got a, a big experiment out there already yeah, of yeah, people using. Uh, the, uh, the other mild symptoms are thought to be nausea, sedation, fatigue, and irritability. But again, without placebo-controlled studies, you don't know if these are real or imagined because placebos, of course, carry side effects. That sounds absolutely bizarre, but I can yeah. imagine how it happens. I yeah. mean, if you can feel better taking a placebo, you can certainly have mm. other effects of taking a placebo, I would have thought. Um, I suppose you'd want to know if CBD carries any addictive potential, but there's been no evidence of that so far, and quite a lot of people have been taking it. You may find that you have a psychological dependence on it. It may or may not be a, a bad thing. It depends about on, on its long-term safety, I suppose. There's a difference between taking something every once in a while and taking it every day for years. Um, difficult to say what the long-term impact is. 
And often you don't know until something has been released on the general public, I guess. The main thing is dose finding. We need dose finding studies. You know, I quoted those patchy studies that we've done so far in wildly ranging different doses. The trouble with, take, with going and buying an unreg unregulated substance from an unregulated source like a health food store is you, you know, know really what kind of dose you're taking. Hmm. Um, from one preparation to another, it might vary and so on and so forth. And there's one thing, to, final thing to say is it has a similar effect to grapefruit juice. And a lot of people are increasingly aware of this. So if you... you Sorry? Um, grapefruit juice uh, are you and CBD. No. Uh, induce a certain enzyme in the liver, which can affect the level of other medications that you're taking. So and you should actually go and see your doctor if you're thinking about taking CBD. And Weetabix as well, apparently. No. No? Not Weetabix? Not Weetabix. Uh, broccoli. <laughs> no. You seem to be making up foods. No, I'm not. It's grapefruit juice in grapefruit particular. Grapefruit juice? Yeah. Right. CBD has a grapefruit juice effect. A lot of people out there will know exactly what I'm talking about. but Not Bisto, then? Not Bisto. No, Bisto's fine. Mm. How weird. Okay. Uh, but, you know, in fact, if it's pretty safe and does some good, it potentially is a bit of a wonder drug. You know, it has, has, it's interesting. Mm. Um, but I don't think people should be uh, cavalier with it. I think they should take it, use it, use it cautiously and with the sort of say-so of your doctor if you're on other meds. So this is what I've learned today. Oh, you can do one of your special summaries. I'm going to try and do one of my special Lovely. summaries today. Oh, bless you. But uh, And then you can augment it at the I end as those. usual. Yeah. So this is what I've learned. So I've learned that uh, cannabis uh, has many chemicals within it, about 80. Mm. Uh, and the two most uh, proliferating uh, there's most of them are these oh, good old THC, which is a psychoactive uh, substance, and CBD, which is not psychoactive. Yeah, they're the main constituents of cannabis. The yeah. main constituents of cannabis. Mm. Once isolated, CBD is thought to have certain advantageous properties medicinally. Yeah. Uh, it's also legal. And it's also legal for treatment of things like... Legally available, yeah. Yeah, there's not much of a summary, more of a sort of... Um, not legally prescribed. <laughs> more, of a, more of a... More of a... More of a <laughs> A conversation. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No, carry on. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. I've got that. Please I think carry this on. This is the most important bit uh, that we're doing between us. Uh, so CBD is non-psychoactive, second most abundant, and can be taken in oil form and is thought to have certain advantages medicinally, which need to be proven for it to be put on the formula of the UK and therefore be prescribed by doctors mm. um, w with confidence. Mm. However, the, the first bets that might be placed seem to be possibly in the area of um, uh, oh, anxiety, uh, uh, anxiety, but the um, um, the thing that that poor lad definitely called us. Oh, epilepsy. epilepsy, particularly in children. Uh, they seem to be the most uh, fruitful. Well, that's areas. that's the thing that's probably uh, licensing is imminent for. Yeah. And so I think your uh, view is it's an encouraging drug. It's a complex drug. It, it mimics um, drugs that are already produced in the brain. Uh, to help us cope with anxiety, and that cautiously you think there might be a future for this drug, but we should wait until it has been licensed, which is a condition for it to be uh, prescribed yeah. by doctors and sold in a yeah. controlled fashion. And that's likely to happen fairly soon, I guess. Beautiful. Beautiful summary as, as ever, Oliver. You're very kind. Perfect. I, I've learned a lot about canned David Badil, cannabidil. You need to have a cautiously optimistic view of it, but not see it as this wonder drug panacea because we haven't got enough evidence that it is yet and there never will be a wonder drug panacea it just is no a, a dream no and the idea that you can just take a tablet to take away your anxiety i think is silly anyway because mostly you're gonna have you're gonna have to take a holistic approach to that 
Well, I get quite anxious. I mean, it, would it be worth someone like me? I, I, you know, I, I sometimes think, oh, golly, the, the day is going to be hard to face and everything's going to go wrong. Do you think I should be experimenting with this stuff or should I be a bit more cautious? Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, just as we're closing up off uh, an episode. Um, look, I, I can't tell you what to do. All I would say is if you're going to try it, be cautious. And I think we should end there. Let's get some feedback from you. Please get in touch. Oliver? Yeah, so uh, you can get in touch with us a variety of ways. In mm. fact, almost all the new digital ways. So we are on Facebook. Uh, just type in Y, W-H-Y, and then TLF. So YTLF, and you'll get us on Facebook mm. or Instagram. Mm. Uh, Twitter, our handle is YTLF. And our email address is hi at YTLF.com. And we have a website. We've been ever so busy. Yeah, and uh, also, wherever you get your podcasts, please do give us a rating. That'd be very, very useful. Any rating, by the way, good or very good. Yeah, that's it. I'd say very good or excellent. Bye for now.